We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Thursday, the first day of September, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Can you believe it's September already? Healthy and alive? Uh, no, I cannot believe it's already September. I was just thinking about uh, uh, here earlier today, I was thinking uh, our electricity was out just here, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. You know, I had the power line replaced and everything, and that was like uh -huh. two months ago. It just, time is just flown by. And that thought process was brought on because of some of the stuff that's happening in California. But anyway, perhaps perhaps you're living in the we'll get to California in a second. Perhaps you're living in the wrong country because you, you say that you're having uh, blackouts. Well, maybe you should move to a country where they they say that they don't have blackouts, but they've got rolling blackouts and brownouts all the time now. Uh, and that's China. Maybe you're just not living in the right country. China announced today that China Energy, which is their largest you know company over there that's run by the Chinese Communist Party. So you know it's credible when they come out and make a statement. They say that their coal-fired generation reached a record. Everything with the Communist Party is always a record, just so you know. Everything's a record. Everything is a success. And it's never a failure, just so you know. They say that they reached a record generation of a, a generation of power at 120 billion kilowatts per hour in August. That's that's fascinating considering you've got rolling blackouts across the country. That's yeah. That's, that's fascinating. Anyway, uh, they go on to say, because what was it Prince Charles said that we played in the clip last week? He said, China is the leader, the global leader in green energies uh, in green energy production and technology. They are the global leader in that. Well, let's just take a look at what they want to do. They plan to build an additional 150 gigawatts of new coal fire capacity between now and 2025. That's just to satisfy the consumer demand is all. So you, you see, you, you see how green they are, and and how friendly to the environment they are. Bruce, this is just a just a small picture of just the uh, the green emissions coming from some of their plants. What, what do you think of that? Yeah, that looks uh, that looks pretty green, if you ask me. Um, yeah, uh, reusing yeah. Uh, natural resources like that. Yeah, that that's that's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. Green. That is that is that, pure black smoke <laughs> coming out of those. Yeah. Stacks. Yeah. Yeah, for the listeners' sake, that the they're showing uh, coal plants, and it's not the typical white smoke that you see here, which is also known as steam. Um, no, this is black smoke billowing from these things. Oh, but see, they're the global leader in green energies and technology. Yeah, yeah. So clearly, clearly, yeah, clearly. California. You mentioned California. You mentioned electric vehicles are not allowed to be charged, but yet they're banning all petrol-powered cars. Uh, so you, you can't have a car that runs on petrochemicals. You can't have gasoline or diesel. You have to buy an electric car between now and I think it's... Is it 2035 that they set the deadline for? Yeah, 2035 is the last. Uh, that That's like when I think 100% of all vehicles that are manufactured have to be 
zero emission. Uh-huh. Have to be zero emission, which, in fact, they produce more emissions than a petrol-powered car. But, hey, you know, who am I to argue? Uh, they've been. They've also been asked to uh, keep their air conditioning at 78 degrees Fahrenheit. That's pretty warm. Uh, California, that, that's pretty warm. They're asking residents to set the thermostats at 78 degrees or higher and avoid large appliance use and electric vehicle charging. Turn off unnecessary lights between 4 p.m. and 9 p.m. That is when the grid is most stressed. Uh, they've also, this is not part of this uh, this report, but they've also limited the, well, they're, they're, it's more of a suggestion at the moment, but they've also limited the California resident to seven gallons of water per day. Seven gallons. Well, it's two gallons more than what the uh, Nestle CEO or whatever position it was that he had. Uh-huh. Uh, he was saying five. Yeah, gallons five, per yeah. day so yeah. yeah so and two of those gallons are for drinking yeah so i i honestly i think that's very generous of of yeah, uh, of course of course uh, uh china i mean uh california i think you had it right the chinese colony known as california <laughs> the chinese colony yeah lowering power usage during the time that they recommend between the hours of 4 p.m and 9 p.m when the grid is most stressed will ease strain on the grid, according to officials, and prevent, quote, more drastic measures, including rotating blackouts. Huh. Yeah, real bastion of uh, real bastion of freedom out there. Why exactly have they not been planning for more power usage? Why exactly have they not been expanding their power grid, especially when they're like, you know, Silicon Valley's over there and like they're, they're, they're pushing for more electronics and AI and you well, would think they, they would be like on the cusp of new yeah, uh, yeah. energy and, production technology. And same thing with water. You know, they are kind of a um, what we what we call a, a coastline out there in California. As in, yeah. you've got an unlimited amount of water that you could run through. Oh, I don't know. Call me old fashioned here, but um, something called a desalination plant, which desalts the water from the ocean and makes it potable. So you can actually consume it. You know, what do you think they do in places like the United Arab Emirates? That's all desalinated water out there that they consume and use. Why can't you do the same thing in California? Oh, wait, wait. 30 years ago, the state legislature was approached with ideas to put desalination plants all the way up and down the coast of California. But do you know what the state Democrat Party said? No, we can't do that because it will obstruct our view of the ocean. No, I'll tell you what it was. The idea was proposed and to allow private companies to pick up the contracts and to come in and build them. And the party couldn't rake the cash off the top of it. That was the problem. And as a result, they were never built because people were warning 30 years ago, hey, what's going to happen when you have a drought? What's going to happen when you have water shortages? And they said, no, that's preposterous. That's never going to happen. Because in this mindset that they have, because it's not happening today, and it's not happening tomorrow, it's never going to happen. While ignoring history that shows that civilizations were ended because of a drought. Yes. Um, but you just, actually pointed just out. Drought, just You actually pointed out the reason why we have the word drought. Mm -hmm. It's because it happens. Yeah. I mean, and I've brought up before the Mayan and Aztec both just mysteriously disappeared. And when you go back and you, you find some of the ruins and stuff, it's talked about there was a drought and they couldn't grow anything. They didn't have any water. So they all died. Kind of a, I don't know, it should be like a pretty obvious tale. Uh, I don't know. And to that point, you know, I, uh, 
I'm not exactly I'm not dealing with a drought over here today, but uh, the cold showers have already started uh, in my uh, my gym today. Everything was like the hot water was turned off. And apparently some people didn't get the uh, the memo on the way in the door there. And uh, they were screaming. You could hear them screaming in the, in the showers because it was so cold. Everybody was laughing. It was just funny. But, you know, I have to be honest, Bruce, while I was in there, while I was shivering, um, getting my cold shower after my workout, do you know what I was saying? I was saying, take that, Putin. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Yeah, because it's it's Putin's fault that uh, you guys are having a power crisis over there. Yeah, yeah. And if anybody thinks that this is going to get any better, I've got some news for you. Do you know last week we talked about those useless wind farms, the uh, the, the useless mm. windmills, and and how uh, some scientists somewhere in some universities come up with this idea that well, the easiest way for us to repurpose those is to just eat them. He, he actually proposed yeah. that idea. Let's just turn them into like edibles, and we can eat that. Like that, that how. How crazy is this? How, how insane is this? A wind farm in Oregon, because we have to switch to this, right? Because we can't have the other energy and they're turning that off saying, well, we've got to have renewables. We got to have all that. You're going to have to switch to wind and solar, which I mean, that works, right? Yeah, that works. The uh, what's who is this woman? That's working for the Biden administration that says that we're, we're switching to the green thing. We're doing the green transition. I, I, I don't know. His is energy secretary. The, the energy secretary. Yeah, I forget yeah, what her yeah. name is, but yeah. I don't yeah. know. It, it doesn't matter. But this is what she had to say. As we transition to this clean economy, we want to make sure people have access to the fuels that they need to either go to work or flip on a switch, et cetera. We know it's a transition, but ultimately this is why we're pressing on the accelerator to be able to move to clean, because if we don't have to rely upon the volatility of fossil fuels or at least uh, or of countries who are exporting fossil fuels that don't have our interests or at my in, at heart or don't share our values that's really what will make us energy independent energy secure no that that's not why you're pushing the accelerator at all no they're pushing the accelerator because you can't it, by by increasing the prices of electricity you can't afford to to pay those prices so your house your business whatever you're going to have to you have to close it down you're going to sell it off and who's who's ready right there with a load of cash to buy it off? Uh, BlackRock, you know, the, the, the those types of organizations. The people we were investors. bitching about yesterday. Yeah, exactly. The, the ones that want to make a new renter class. So you have to switch to green energy. That's the solution here, right? That's what we're told. That's what we're being force fed. Oh, you've got to switch to this, which, by the way, decoupling us from something that works into something that not only doesn't work, even if it did, it's less than 4% of the energy that we produce. We're going to turn off our energy in these Western countries and switch to something that is less than f like 4% of what we actually produce as a whole, even if it did work and it worked at 100% capacity. Let me see. 96%, 4%. Gee, I wonder which one's going to cause problems. I wonder which one's not going to be sufficient enough. The The um, the absurdity, the insanity it is it's just it is beyond reproach. Sorry, go ahead. Not not to mention the, the, the prices of it. We were we were talking yesterday off recording that the price of a, a wind farm uh, the, or, or just one unit uh, was something like, what was it, like four million dollars or something like that for one unit? I think so. Unit? Yeah, we're going to yeah, we're going to get into that here in just a minute. But yeah, go on. Then uh, you 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 take the let's say it lasts for uh, 10, 15 years, um, which, by the way, they're, they say they're supposed to last 20 to 25 years. And we're already having a lot of them break down at 10 years. So uh, that that marker is is inaccurate. But because of that, you take that four million 
divide it by the the 10 years that it's going to last potentially you're you're going to have to charge at least 16 cents uh per kilowatt or or uh per kilowatt hour just for the electricity cost just just to pay off the windmill that's not including labor costs that's not including maintenance costs that's not including the petrochemicals they have to spray on the blades during the winter time to keep them moving it's not including any of those things. So at the bare minimum, it's already like six or seven cents more per kilowatt than what we pay here locally. So uh, why why would I want to invest in wind and solar when it's going to be far more expensive? It requires more maintenance and uh, uh, more petrochemicals when we could be using uh, the, the coal power plants, nuclear, uh, natural gas, and... Uh, just reduce the emissions from those contain the emissions and you know repurpose it i i, I just it, it baffles me it, it it baffles me because what we're intending what what the average person wants what the average person thinks is well yeah we want it to be efficient we want it to to be uh sustaining you know we want we want it to work and it seems like the elite the uh quote-unquote elite they're just out to create problems make things fail um, setting us up for failure. Huh. I wonder, I wonder why, why they would ever do that. I mean, that can't mm. be right, right? No, they, they no, can't they, be they trying want, to get things no. to fail. They want people to be happy and prosperous and productive yeah. and earning money yeah. and, and spending money. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's only if, uh, they have an economy that suits their needs, which that's what it was based on in the last half century was, uh, mass consumerism. Well, they don't need mass consumerism anymore because they're at the end of that road. As I said yesterday, they've got unlimited capital. They don't need you to spend money anymore. They'll just print whatever they need. They'll just digitize whatever they need. They don't need you to spend money. The whole principle of the like the, the the capitalist free market economy, which I still believe in, by the way, but it's got to have some oversight and regulations to it to a degree, because these people have absolutely hijacked it and run wild with it. You know, the world has never seen true capitalism, never seen it. The closest you could equate to capitalism in the modern era, the closest you could do to compare it would be, I'm going to say the the West side of Germany when the wall went up, because it was an all-out fight to show that capitalism could produce and communism could not. And so the chains were taken off so you could show people on the other side what could be done if people were left alone. That's the closest you could relate to laissez-faire capitalism in the modern era. That's it. And we haven't seen yeah. that for many, many years. Yeah, we definitely don't have um, a capitalist system now. No. Um, if you look at what is here in the, functioning here in the U.S., it's uh, more in line with uh, fascist or corporate fascism. I mean, it's it's more in line with that than it is with capitalism. Before we drift too far, because we could go down that rabbit hole for, I think, maybe two or three hours. But uh, Oregon Wind Farm, they had a little problem out there. Some of their um, some of their windmills, they they caught fire and and uh, well, they just they just burned to the ground. Basically, uh, Bruce, did you see the uh, the windmill? that tipped over out there, you know, just you see how green that is, how, how green that is for the environment, all that black smoke that's just billowing out of there. And you see how it just 
the whole thing just bursts into flames and, and catches fire. And, and you see now that it's, well, it, like it's just going to fall over and it's going to sp- smash into the ground. And yeah. So th- this yeah, is, that's, uh, yeah, th- this is what that's we're spending. For a better future. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This is this is your green future right here. This is what we're spending money on. Oregon Wind Farm sees the blades and bolts fly off as more failures mount. 11 stories tall, one of these blades. That's the size of a U.S. football field. Those things flew off of there and they plowed four feet deep into a wheat field in a circumference that was about, oh, I don't know, uh, 12 stories around on each side. If you were anywhere near that, you don't have a chance. Like, you, you've got no chance at all. The unreliability of a major Oregon wind farm was discovered after a blade from a windmill detached and flew across the field and then caught fire and burned to the ground. According to the Oregonian, which is a, a paper that they have out there in January, a delivery driver found some broken industrial-sized bolts on the ground near one of Portland's General Electric towering wind turbines, but he didn't tell anybody, and he ended up keeping it, using it as a paperweight. <laughs> I mean, what, what would you do? I, I mean, I probably would have kept it and used it as a paperweight as well, but yeah, inform someone so that this doesn't happen. But I don't know. At the same time, I'm kind of like, I want this to fail because uh, I want people to turn away from wind and solar because this is far more damaging to the environment and, and, and potentially actually, you know, uh, I, I came up with a solution, by the way, you know, that this doctor was talking about changing the the scientist was changing the the wind turbine blades into uh gummy bears right uh, uh, chemically yeah. changing them to there's a solution for that uh if we just uh create a cybernetic device that helps you digest plastics uh and convert it to something that your body can use and then we can uh you know th- this is for your health and safety of course um and then uh you know we could increase medical care and those kind of things. And to ensure that everyone gets fair treatment in the medical system, let's just give them a, an, a you know, well, a, a card and a, a some, some, you know, with the cybernetics, we track them, you know, for like their health and everything. So we know if anybody ever has any health problems, we know exactly where they're at and, you know, what kind of problems they have, you know, so we can get medical teams there immediately. So it'd be a great, great solution for that, um, that problem there. If you would have a medical service that would actually respond to you, because if you see now what's happening in the UK, you've got a guy who literally falls over, breaks his hip, and he's laying there for 16 hours waiting for an ambulance to show well, up. See, the the problem is he didn't buy the premium package. That that was the problem. See, that must he just had the, the standard yeah. package that didn't provide for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's that must be what it is. Listen to this uh, this wind farm that they have out in Oregon. The facility that they built had a rated capacity of 125 megawatts. That was promised when the project began. But it has only averaged 27% of that. It hasn't even produced half. So 30, like it's not, it, so it it's produced a third. Megawatts. Le- less than that, 27. It, yeah, well, it was 125. Yeah. 27% would be, uh, anyway. Uh, nonetheless, that that's like, we'll say 30-some windmills, uh, wind turbines. It's like 30 some units because one unit is supposed to be four megawatts, roughly. That's the average roughly, unit. Yeah. Uh, and it's about a million. It's 1.3 million, I think, Sorry, or something like that. They have 76. 76. Yes. Oh, then they must have small ones then because each one. So it ranges from, on average, it ranges from two to, oh, maybe it was two to three megawatts. 
and it was 1.3 million, I think, or 1.8 million per uh-huh. megawatt. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that, that sounds yeah, that sounds more more correct. Yeah. So they're saying here that uh, according to uh, PGE, which I think that's the same energy company they use in California. Yeah, you know the one that screws people over all the time. Yeah, uh, yeah. they say that they are. Uh, that, and they've got 76 of these things at this wind farm in Oregon. They've got 48 wind farms total across Oregon, uh, and they say that they're already considering replacing all of these windmills by the end of 2023. And, you know, it's only going to cost the taxpayers $156 million. It's only going to cost them that much to replace. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, just to replace the ones uh, by the end of next year. Yeah. Yeah. And and so the taxpayer will pay that. Right. And then your energy prices will be sky high because they have to pay for the maintenance and labor yeah. costs and all of but that. you got to push so. the accelerator. But you, you've got to push that accelerator. You, you have to accelerate that transition. Again, the, the, I can't come to any other conclusion in this. Then they're trying to bankrupt us. They're, this is this is a wealth transfer. They're trying to take our stuff, basically, so we can't afford to pay for the electric anymore. So that means, well, if we can't pay for the electric, then I can't have this business anymore or, uh, you know, this house or whatever, because, you know, many of us work from home now. Uh, so... Uh, what, what's tell the benign me, yeah, the reason benign. for that? It tell, tell me how this works, too, because the price of energy where I'm at in Germany hit over 1,000 euros per megawatt hour just two days ago. Today, it was magically cut in half. It's down to 575 euros per megawatt hour. How is that possible? It would be first, it would be the government saying, no, nah, we're not going to turn these nuclear reactors on and then they get pushed back and then they are like, you know what? You're right. We maybe, maybe we, maybe we should turn them on because you know, we don't want to get hung or guillotined or and they're still like off, that, you know, by the way, figuratively. Yeah. That's, that's what's confusing about this is not only are they off, but uh, you know, that turbine that they were supposed to, that, that Canada sent over for yeah, that, the, the Nord Stream, the pipeline yeah, for Nord Stream yeah. one. Yeah. 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 That was never installed. That's still no, sitting in a warehouse. Yeah, it's still sitting there at the warehouse. The they made a big photo op out of it. The uh, the chancellor went over there himself, and they you know him and all of his team walked in there with their masks on, by the way, and they were investigating it, you know, and looking at it. Total photo op. They made it look like on the television and in the papers here, the mainstream papers, that oh, this is going to be installed right away, and this is all going to be taken care of. Yeah, it never got done. It's still sitting in the warehouse. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious then where. Where did they get the extra energy to lower the cost? Because clearly they're not going to raise the cost of energy just to raise it. I mean, they would never do that. It's because there's a shortage of energy, right? It's yeah, because it's they Putin's couldn't fault. get enough. It's Putin. It's right, a, it's right. a damn yeah, Putin. because of Putin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The European Union has declared a... Um a state of emergency or, or something? I, I don't know. They've they had it. They still have the state of emergency for COVID in place, and now they've come out and they've declared a state of emergency for uh, the energy or, or something. So Von Deleyen comes out, walks up to the podium, declares the emergency, and then slunks out the back door. It's like, what? Hold on a minute. Aren't you supposed to say something? If you declare, if you're a governmental body or something, I'm kind of doing the air quotes here. If you're one of these and you declare a state of emergency, don't you think that the public is supposed to have some details with that? You're declaring a state of emergency on energy. Okay, what are your plans that you're not going to follow through on anyway, but, you know, just for people like us to pick apart and make fun of you on, what are your plans? And they yeah, said nothing. What, what, and they just walked out. What are your, what are your plans? What, are, what, what justification do you have to, to call this a crisis as well? Uh, that would be a, the other thing I would throw in there. Uh, but to that, this is an example. You and I, a mutual friend of ours, posted a, a, 
a screen grab of uh, their power bill. Yes. And it, reading through it, between last year and this year, the available power increased uh, by, I, I think it was like 0.3 or point something. I don't remember. It, it, it increased slightly. But their price for that power increased by 10 times. I don't with quite nuclear. understand how... With nuclear energy. Yeah, with nuclear energy. That's that's what I don't understand is it's like you, you have an energy source that'll last you 50, 80 years, but yet the price skyrocketed that much. Nuclear reactors haven't been around long enough to decommission. If you built one right when the atomic bomb was created, you would have reached the end of its life now. You know, that was that was 80 years ago now. But and last I checked, we were still building new reactors in the West. We're still building. I know people that build them. So I know that we're still building them. If we're building brand new ones, then what what, why are like, why why is this even a discussion? Why is this even an issue? I'll tell you why it's an issue and I'll tell you why it's a discussion, because it's being done on purpose. That's why you've got the likes of the EU and you've got the Finnish prime minister whenever she's not drinking it up at a party. You got some Danish politicians and some Swedish politicians all coming out saying it's going to be a very difficult, very treacherous winter for the next five to 10 years. Hang on a minute. We go from Putin's bad to, oh my God, it's going to be the next five to 10 years that we're going to have problems. Like it's gone from that, from point A to the extreme overnight. That's what it's turned into. Wait a minute. So the next five to 10 winters are not going to be good. So what, the summers are okay? Five to 10. Okay. So it's 2022, five to 10 years. I can't think of a date it doesn't. I mean, I, I. Is there a date or something in that range that uh, I just? It. it it's well, there's a me. couple. There's a couple of years we could look at in that. Of course, the first is being 2030 UN Agenda 2030. That's the first thing. The second thing we could look at is the year 2032. Ten years from now, there is a reason we could look at that year, but that one is a long shot. I think if they can figure out how to finagle and, and wrangle enough people then I think that that can be accomplished. But it's going to require some doing. With the amount of public trust that they're losing in the process, I'm not sure that it's going to be able to be accomplished. Uh, And I'm talking about the financial markets. If they can kick this can down the road one last time, and that would be it. That is literally it. One last time. They can do this one more time. A process that was laid out to me last weekend, I understand it now. They can do it, but it's a matter of getting people on board with it. And I'm not sure that they can at this point because it's a it's a big ask and people are not happy as it is now. But I think if they get enough people on board, they can do it. Do you remember in 2008, that banker bailout? Of course, everybody, you know, anybody that's that's been around, you, you remember that, where the market should have gone belly up. Do you remember when the Fed came out and said, we need 10 years before we release what we actually did? We didn't know what they did. We were just told about the 800 billion to give to the banks to make sure that they didn't collapse. They kind of left out the, oh, I don't know, uh, $130 trillion that they printed behind the scenes. They, they left that little detail out and they saddled us with the debt. If they do the same thing again, it would give them a window of 10 years. But here's the problem. 10 years from now, in 2000, if they, this is all hypothetical. If they do that, if, if they kick this can 10 years down the road, the term that was used was something that everybody else, uh, that anybody in modern history would know if you're into like movies. Mad Max was the uh, the term that was used to me when I heard that, because that's what it would be. It would be total 
economic, political devastation of, of every kind that you can possibly imagine. As in, I'm not sure that there is a way to like the, the, the devastation, the economic devastation of what they would do would be so bad that it's very unlikely that we would ever recover from that. But again, that's that's hypothetical. That's that's even assuming that they could do this. And it would require the Fed coming in and taking steps to literally buy everything. They would buy off absolutely everything. They would be the owners of, of everything, which basically that's that's BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard. They already rail about how, oh, we own 10 trillion in assets. No, you don't. You stole 10 trillion in assets. You don't own that because this is key. Understand this. If we go bankrupt, if we go down the road of financial insolvency, so do they. That's the problem here that they're trying to avoid. They're trying to figure out how to crash the system and stay on top of it while all of us are stuck saddled with the bag. While they're the ones that are like the flim flam man, the con man, dragging the suitcase full of money out of town and you never see him again. That's what they're trying to do. But the problem is, is that now that they've got so much invested in all of this, all of the debt is going to be cleared on both sides. Our debt's going to be cleared and so is theirs. So this is why I made the point yesterday. We have an unprecedented opportunity here to take out the central banking cartel, as in remove them, they are done, freeze, seize, and confiscate their assets, and they're finished. I mean, who else? Who else? And I, I know that the listeners are probably aware of this, and I can sit here and I can go on this uh, this long rant about these uh, uh, these people that are in these alt-media organizations. Again, I really don't want to do it because I think I made my point clear yesterday. But how many people are sick and damn tired of seeing the names Rockefeller and Rothschild? How many people are sick and tired of that? Because every time I start kicking doors open, looking at who's involved with what's going on, it's always those two. Every single time, it's always those two. I'm sick of seeing them. Do you want to know who you're dealing with when it comes to the Rothschilds? Should I play the clip? Yeah, might as well. This is who you're dealing with. This is Lord Rothschild himself. Listen to how they do business in their family. And Baron James was head of the Paris branch and the youngest of the five sons of our actual Rothschild gave an astonishingly uninhibited description of the 19th century Rothschild policy of keeping it in the family. I'll quote to you from what he wrote to make you smile. In our family, we've always tried to keep love in the family. <laughs> in this sense, it was more or less understood since childhood that children would never think of marrying outside the family so that our fortune would never leave it. <laughs> you couldn't write that today. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of dealing with spoiled inbreds, aren't you? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing their faces. I'm sick of seeing their names. I'm sick of seeing their fingers stuck in every damn thing that we try to do in this world. I'm tired of it. And I want them gone. I want their assets and their property seized. And I want their dynasties that they have stolen. I want them ended. Why are these people again? I mean, it, it's not that difficult to figure out. Why are these people that are on these uh, the, these networks and, and throwing these these big events with tens of thousands of people? Why are they not saying that? That eludes me. That that eludes me. Do you want to know who is cranking up the energy costs across Europe? That right there that I just played. That's what's cranking your energy up. Do you want to know who's responsible for destroying the food supply? That right there. Do you want to know who's responsible for Klaus Schwab? By the way, his mother married into that family. So I agree. Here's my problem. Which organization do we trust? Who do we trust to clean that up? 
They're in everything. That's the problem is, is they are literally in everything. My God, the United Nations. What do you want to sit there and you want to tell me that the United Nations is a good organization? We already know that that's corrupt as all get out on its face. It's turned into nothing but a good old boys club for third world dictators. That's all it is. They're going to see how they can get some kind of, de- uh, of a deal to shake down uh, our Western countries for whatever uh, food deal that gets sent to their country that we can't pay now because we have a food problem, but it gets unloaded off the ships by NATO, handed over to the warlords, and that's how they garner favor. That's how they stay in power. So what good is that? I'm not saying we don't need to have a forum somewhere in the world for the leaders to get together and talk. Of course you have to have that. But why does that have legislative authority? Again, somebody explain to me how that happened. And then on top of that, let's go back to the founding of it. Who gave the United Nations the piece of land that the building is sitting on? Rockefeller. I'm sick of seeing these names. I'm sick of them. So who do you trust with cleaning them up? I don't know. Because quite frankly, they're responsible for what we're dealing with. As far as I'm concerned, at least just, you know, examining it and seeing things as they are. You know, I I was looking at um, I was looking at something over the weekend about the Rockefeller Foundation again, which, by the way, anybody that's pissed off about abortions and that whole racket. Do you remember how the Supreme Court, they overturned the Roe v. Wade thing and everybody was arguing on the surface about that, even in the alt media? Here's a good example for you. Why weren't they talking about the people that instituted it in the first place? You're arguing over something that was made in a court. Why aren't we arguing about the foundation that set it up to begin with? It was the Rockefeller Foundation. Rockefeller Foundation funds behavioral scientists. Does that sound familiar? To push COVID injections in Africa and in South America. I'm assuming that it's probably going to be the same everywhere else if you start looking. Because if they're funding it in those places, why wouldn't they do it here? We've been wondering who's been pushing all this money into these hospitals and into the medical system for the incent- the financial incentives to kill people. Where's all that coming from? Well, these organizations, they've got pretty much an unlimited amount of capital. Stands to reason. That's just one example. But why aren't we talking about these foundations? Why aren't we talking about the Rothschild Foundation? Why aren't we talking about the, the Rockefeller Foundation? Why aren't we discussing these things? These are important uh, organizations that need to be looked at. Because what, what did I say yesterday? In order to foment a cultural war, you need a few things. You need people that are on the ground, doing the groundwork, the legwork, whatever that is. And then you've got to have people that are doing data analysis, i.e. think tanks, right? You got to have that. Who funds these think tanks, right? Look at the Hudson Institute. Remember the clip we played of the fat man and his assistant saying, you know what? We're just going to digitize everything in the future. And then we're going to create a utopia at the expense of your private life. Oh, and it just so happens that happened to be one of Klaus Schwab's mentors. And what's he pushing for now? Who do you think helped set up the Hudson Institute, the Rockefeller Foundation. So not only do you have to have intelligence gathering networks and think tanks, then you have to have people funding all of that, don't you? Because if you don't have funding going into these things, well, then you're not going to get much work done. It seems to me like they've got it all set up over there in doing everything they need to do from these foundations. And you know, the funny thing is, they actually, at least Rockefeller, I'm not entirely sure about Rothschild. I haven't really looked into, into too much of that. I mean, I understand how the family emerged, but Rockefeller... I mean, all of that, they sold bad securities from utility companies, him and J.P. Morgan, from companies that they knew were going to go bust after the boom, after the Civil War, when they were building the railroad and they, uh, the, um, uh, the telegraph lines uh, and the electric companies and things like that. They sold the junk securities off to people and they knew that they were going to go bust and they made their money off of junk bonds. That's how they made their fortunes. And they've had it ever since. Then he got into Standard Oil. You know, he he turned into an oil person. Of course, there's another thing. We can go down that rabbit hole, too. I really don't want to, but we can go down that road, too. 
all of this talk we've been hearing about uh, the, uh, the the green transition we've got to get off of petrochemicals, is it possible that um, we're finding that these wells that we've sucked dry over the last hundred years, magically, they're all full again? Huh. Is it entirely possible that Rockefeller, maybe, you know, Standard Oil, old man Rockefeller himself, John D., is it entirely possible that they could have known that all along, but since they had a stranglehold on the oil market, they were making sure that it was a limited resource so they could keep the price high and they could keep the cartel going? Is it entirely possible? I'm just asking a question. Once he figured out that he was amassing so much wealth, they created a foundation, the Rockefeller Foundation in the early 20th century, and they ran all their money through it. This is the part right here that that I think that we need to address, and it's not being addressed. When I say the international banking cartel, I'm not talking about like the hedge funds. That goes without saying. Those hedge funds have to be funded by somewhere. When you look at places like BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard and all that stuff, all that is, that is the militant arm of the central banks. Who owns the Federal Reserve Bank in America? Nobody knows. To this day, nobody knows. We can only speculate. Does anybody else see a problem with this? This is the sole issuer of currency and credit in America, and we don't even know who owns it. How is this not a problem? Honestly, this is it's basically the old West movies that we see, you know, where they talk about the railroad tycoons and how dirty and corrupt they were back in the back in the day and everything. It's literally the same thing. We're, we're literally seeing the same thing. The same people that those movies were portraying are still uh, except it's not them this now it's it's their kids and grandkids that are doing it now but it's it's the same organizations they're, they're still screwing us over even even today and honestly they're so all-encompassing at everything they're, they're in so like every single uh department in the government has been lobbied with these guys like the the laws and stuff that we have many of them are, are not laws but regulations that are in place for corporations and everything They've had a hand in uh, it, not every single one, because then you have organizations like uh, Google or Coca-Cola or, you know, the other ones that are uh, not necessarily involved with them, though. I wouldn't surprise me if they were involved in those companies in some way. But nonetheless, what do we do to get rid of them? That that that's the problem is I agree we, they need to be cleaned out and removed. But like I, I'm sure as hell not going to trust any department of the government no. to try to, to no, no, no. clean no, it they, up. No, they, they own those governments. They, there's nothing that you can do from that side of things. I, I'm not exactly sure. But the point I was originally going to try and make is, is that this was brought up by a professor at Georgetown University one time to me, and he put it very eloquently. He said, if you want to understand how to damage these people, as in, if you want to, if you want to take them out of circulation in politics and in the financial markets and things. You need to look at the connection. This is all that he said. You need to look at the connection between their tax-exempt foundations and their political associations, because these are modern-day money laundering operations. They're running everything through tax-exempt foundations. They set up their own foundations as a front to launder all their money through. They don't pay any taxes. You think Bill Gates pays taxes? Why do you think he has the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation? He runs everything through that. Rockefeller, do you think those people pay taxes? The Rockefeller Foundation? No. The Zuckerberg-Chan Initiative? Why do you think all these people have their own foundation? The Clinton Foundation, the Obama Foundation, the Biden Cancer Initiative? Do you remember that one? You remember how much of a money racket that thing was? They never cured cancer, did they? I think like $50 million ran through there and none of the money went to anything. Yeah, 400000 actually made it to some kind of medical facility or research or something like that. There was some kind of health-related tie in some way. But 
400,000 versus curing cancer, uh, something that's like millions of dollars have been poured into already. And then we also we still have the promise that the president said we would cure cancer under his administration, which uh, clearly that the administration is working hard on on solving that issue, as as we have all seen. Uh, no, that's actually um, I, I, I've been hard against uh, lobbyists. I hate having that. I, I do not like lobbyists. That that's the equivalent of legalizing bribery. That that's all it is. It's just legal bribery. I've always thought that needs to be completely abolished, and then these uh, uh, politicians need to be back in their own state, and they need to be accessible by their local state, and then you know the constituents of that state who they're supposed to be representing, and then they can either go in, you know, uh, telecommunication. Uh, or fly out for important votes in in DC, but they should not always be in DC. By making that disconnect there, uh, it would make a larger paper trail for uh, various organizations that try to interact with them, and then it makes illegal any kind of bribing. So it it then it would create more of a precedent to investigate these on the local, the state level versus the federal government. So that might be a way to go. To, to work that direction to get rid of these people. But this is something that's like they've had multiple generations, uh, like, you know, 100 years plus uh, to, to, to build up to this point. It's going to take just about as long to uproot it all because you have to not only change the, the policies that they enacted, but you also have to change the line of thinking of people uh, to go after those groups. Well, I think that most people don't even realize it. I mean, I, I understand that we have more of an awake populace now towards it. But I mean, I, I'm talking here about about getting at the actual root of this rot and this corruption. That's what I want. I want actual solutions to dealing with this corruption that we're dealing with. I'm not talking about just dropping these things on the face. They own those people. Lock, stock, and two smoking barrels. You're not accomplishing anything by just taking down a front organization. You're not going to do that. I want the structure that is supporting it. That's what I'm interested in. Maybe that's hoping for too much. Maybe that's wishing for too much. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is, is that where we are as a civilization, not as a nation, but as a civilization, we have an unprecedented opportunity here that is approaching, and we're only going to get one shot at it. Because if they kick the can down the road again, I'm not sure that we have that shot again. I'm not sure that we do. That uh, uh, slight a, a kind of a bit of humor. I, I would rather the Mad Max scenario to happen within the next like couple years, because if we wait another 10 years... Well, well, I don't think it would make it that long. Add, no, I, I agree, but I, I'm saying as, as a comical relief... If we wait 10 years, that means I'm going to be over 40 and I would I would rather do it now when I'm a little bit younger right, and a yeah. little bit more spry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I got it. Um, let's uh, let. All right. So let, let's get off of that. I mean, we could again, those, those are problems. But like I said, I, I want an actual solution to those problems. Can we at least start? Can we agree on this? Can we at least start with outlawing the 501c3s? Because let, let's let's look at it like this. And people argue, oh, what about the churches? What about the churches? Do you know what? Do you know what they get tax exempt status on? Tangible items. And do you know what tangible items are to a church? The pews and the hymn books and the Bibles. That's about it. You're telling me that you can't. And maybe the well, choir robes and, and a couple other things. Charity. 
the, yeah, the charity well, charity, sure. As well. But yeah. they can, yeah, but they can do the charity work. They don't need special government exemption and all that stuff. They can do that. If the government comes knocking around, you grab them up and you toss them out the door. It's that simple. And you got members of the congregation yeah. there to, to, to stand up for it. And there's no problem. That's it. You know, everybody gets on with life. But if you've got 87,000 new IRS agents, then, well, you know, you're going to have to deal with that. Oh, no, the, the, those are only going to go after the the rich ultra, you know, like the billionaires. Right. Yeah, that's right. Sure. Yeah, so let's let's, let's take OK, so let's look at that in context. So you've got let me mm-hmm. see uh, in the U.S., you have around 1200 billionaires, roughly. That's the last time I checked. OK, 87,000 new IRS agents. Let's do the math. That is a little under 80 agents per billionaire. Why do you need just about 80 agents to go after one person? That doesn't make any sense. And usually billionaires are pencil pushers, so they're not yeah. difficult to apprehend. It's, no, they're well, pretty I mean, easy they, to the find. security around them would make it difficult. But, you know, if you if you say you're government, then they're more likely to... Well, they want to keep their, usually they want to keep their uh, they want to keep their contracts of course you yeah. know they deal yeah. in that anyway all right let's uh, let's transition here let's um let, let's let's pivot Bruce are you happy the FDA has made a a wonderful announcement today are you happy um so is the is the announcement they're all resigning and they're abolishing the FDA is is that well, the no not not exactly oh, okay. not, not exactly oh, I mean Fauci's going to yeah. retire but he's not part of the FDA but he he's going to retire he's only going to collect three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year in a, in a salary when he leaves and then he's going to have speaking tours and he's going to have I'm I'm assuming they're probably going to give him book deals and uh, and everything else you know he'll he'll do that so yeah he's he's going to be making probably more than he's making now um, no. The FDA has authorized Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech bivalent COVID-19 vaccines for use as a booster dose. Isn't that great news? That's fantastic news. And uh, did they did they authorize it for younger generations as well, not just adults? Is it? Uh... Uh, well, they say the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine. Hold on a second. Well, we need to look at what this covers first. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is from the FDA's website. I'm reading this from FDA.gov. So if anybody wants to check the source on it, that's where it's coming from. The bivalent vaccines, which we'll also refer to as updated boosters, in quote, contain two messenger RNA so mRNA components of SARS-CoV-2 virus, one of the original strains of SARS-CoV-2, which is the alpha, and the other one in common between BA4 and BA5, which is Omicron. Those lineages of the Omicron variant of SARS-CoV-2, the Moderna COVID-19 vaccine bivalent is authorized for use, again, not approved, authorized for use as a single booster dose in individuals 18 years of age and older. The Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine bivalent is authorized for use as a single booster dose in individuals 12 years of age and older. So there you go. So we have a booster jab for two extinct variants that you can uh, inject with with unknown side effects. Well, actually, the side effects are known. They're minor. Well, no, they're not actually minor side effects. Not tested Um, on humans. No clinical trials. Yeah. Yeah. These these ones have no clinical trials. Um, They only tested them on mice. I'm going to have to hard pass on that one. Again, th- this is this is what what baffles me about this. Why do people still believe in these things? I'm not I'm not saying vaccines in general. I'm saying these therapeutics that haven't been tested, they haven't been clearly vetted. There's no transparency in this. It it, it hasn't been vetted. And then when you try to talk about this kind of stuff and and say uh, yeah, these are causing problems like, you know, myocarditis, blood clotting, those kind of things. You'll get banned on social media. Why aren't people questioning 
more. It baffles me because these are the same people that when you went into a store and you weren't wearing a mask and everyone else was wearing a mask, like they would all glare at you. That's why people are still uh, on board with this. It's a cult. Well, you see, Bruce, I think you're missing the point. They have hopes that if you take this one, then you won't need to take any more, at least not this year. Now, mind you, there there's only like three or four months left in this year. So if you take it, then you won't have to worry about it. Now, listen to uh, what was this guy's name? What would you say this guy's name was? Uh, is this the the FDA um, guy? FDA guy. Uh, let me look to see what it was again. It was Peter, Peter Marks. Peter Marks. Yeah. OK. Uh, this is what he had to say about it this afternoon. The hope here um, is not to have to give lots of vaccines each year. It's hopefully to have this be um, uh, the vaccine that hopefully holds us uh, for as much of this or for the entire season, um, if it can. So you see, if you just take this one. Season. Yeah, this season. If you just take this one. Well, it's cold and flu season. If you just take this one, then everything then you'll be protected right is they they've said that said that about literally all of them so far if you just take this one then you'll be fine you know they're on five here and they're saying you have to have a um uh, with, with the covid pass they're still pushing this if you have the covid pass you have to take a new one every 90 days every three months maybe that's the season maybe that's the season they're talking they're, they're talking about every 90 days that's what I was meaning is, do they mean season as in like the entirety of like fall, winter, or do they mean season as in fall? Or do they mean, you know, just, just three months? Season is three months. I mean, you know, we have four seasons a year. Yeah. So, I mean, if you were to take them to court on this and say, well, you, you said it was for the entire flu season, this would cover it. And they say, no, I said season. So clearly that means, so that that's what I'm getting at is when you look at the way they phrase things, pay close attention because... Um, what you're perceiving and what they're saying may not mesh. What you need to look at is what is the what is the wordage they're using here? He did not say the entirety of the the, the flu season. He said season. So okay, they've got a new booster out. So you might be asking yourself, what do you do? The headline the other day. This is not a joke. This was not a meme or something. They ran the headline: New COVID nineteen vaccine booster is available. Not gone through clinical trials. Here's what you need to know. Like, like the headline speaks for itself. Like it's not gone through clinical trials. That should be all you need to know. Is that it's not gone through yeah. clinical trials. We're not ones to encourage people just to look at headlines and then not read the article. But that's pretty damn clear. It hasn't been through clinical trials. It hasn't gone through testing. You don't inject yourself with it. You don't take it. it it's as simple as that. No. I mean, it, it, who knows if you're going to grow a, like a, a freaking third arm or something like that. I mean, you know. I think you're just being a conspiracy theorist. Listen to you throwing these accusations around. What's wrong with you? It's not like anything like that's going to happen. You're, or... you're right. A third arm wouldn't happen. Uh, it might be myocarditis or a blood clot. My, my that is true. Yeah, that is true. OK, so anyway, you're going to go and you're going to get or, or at least you're considering you're at least considering getting your what ninth booster, seventh booster, whatever this is. You're at least considering. Define so you might booster. Be, yeah, define booster. So <laughs> you might be asking yourself, how am I doing with the sarcasm? Am I, am I am I laying it on pretty thick? So you might be asking, what do you do now? What are you going to do? You, you have your booster that's available. Are you going to take it? And if you're going to take it, what should you do? What steps should you follow? I have to be honest. What I'm about to play here, this is an actual advertisement from the Center for Disease Control in the United States, from the CDC. This is an actual thing. I wish that this was satire. When I first saw this, I thought, no, there's no way that that's real. And it is. I have never seen anything in all my days. I Like this is, I was telling Bruce, this is top five of like the most racist thing I've ever seen and heard. You, you have to, at least hearing it, hearing it is one government. thing. 
out of the government, yes. Hearing it is one thing, but the visuals that go along with it, that is like, that's just, I, I don't even know how to describe it. That is awful. That is absolutely well, awful. Uh, see, it, w w what's really happening here is they made this diverse. And the fact that you're seeing this as racist means you're racist. Oh, for God's sake. This wokeness stuff, you just can't, you can't follow it. The absurdity, it just gets more, it just gets worse and worse every day. But even if you're not looking at it as the way they're presenting it. If you don't have the visuals, take, take all that stuff out of it. Take all the, you know, the, the politics and the, you know, the agendas out of it. Listen to the way that they are talking to you. Listen to how condescending this is. Stay safe from COVID-19. You already got your COVID-19 shot. Your doctor says you need a booster shot. Doctors say the booster shot will help keep you from getting very sick from COVID-19. Today, you go to the pharmacy to get the booster shot. You wait for the bus. You wear a mask so you won't get sick. When you get there, wait your turn. Keep a safe distance from other people. The nurse gives you the booster shot. Now you are all done. The COVID-19 booster shot helps keep you from getting very sick from COVID-19. When you get home, you rest. Your arm hurts. You will feel better in a few days. Your family and friends also get the COVID-19 booster shot. Get a COVID-19 booster shot. I feel like I'm sitting in a classroom and, and someone's handing me some crayons and getting ready to teach me the alphabet next. Yeah. And I'm supposed to color within yeah. the lines. Yeah. That, that that felt like it should be something for like first graders or something like that. That that was that was atrocious. Uh, and, and the part that we were talking about, this is racist. You, you, you heard how condescending it was. Now picture every single person they show in here is a POC and understand that that demographic specifically is... Uh, a little bit shy when it comes around, uh, comes to being injected with drugs um, for they're, good they're by government for, for good, good reason. reason. Yeah. So it, it, it just man, that was just I, I will say this, though, I will commend the government because for the longest time they were telling us that POCs were incapable of using the Internet or computers. At least they've overcome that hurdle and showed that the POC was using a tablet. <laughs> But there is that. But don't worry, uh, they'll they'll memory hold this one and then we'll get back to the election and they'll say, well, uh, people can't access v uh, the voting booths that day. So um, we, we've got to do things differently. Yeah. Yeah. We, we have to uh, because, you know, we have five boosters now. We have masks. We have social distancing. But because uh, COVID is just so scary, uh, we're, we're going to have to have mail in ballots and that's going to have to be a permanent thing because we can't have people going out there and potentially getting sick. Um, well, wear a mask so you don't get sick. You, you heard it. So wear a mask so you don't get sick. Yeah, you, you you've been boosted. You've you've been you've had all the boosts up to this point. You're you're four times vaccinated, uh, quote unquote. Uh, but wear a mask so you don't get sick from the very disease that you were vaccinated against. Tell me where in history has a vaccine come forward for a disease? It's been touted as ninety seven percent effective at the lowest point. And then, which it's gone lower now, now they're saying it's like 30% effective or even lower. But during the time that it was for the, the variant that they were saying it was for, uh, it was 97% effective. When have we ever been told to continue wearing a mask and, and taking extra precautions so that we don't get sick from the disease that we were vaccinated against? Uh, this is never, never have I seen this for any disease. Uh, the last time I remember reading about any kind of like, uh, mask mandates or any of those kind of things was the the Spanish flu. That's the last time I remember doing masks here, at least in the U.S. My, during my 
uh, growing up, I never remember having any kind of like mask requirements or like the social distancing or any of that hospital. It's just in hospitals in um, in certain wards where it was a sterile environment. I I did like I'd I'd gone into um, uh, I had somebody that I I knew somebody that had a liver transplant once and uh, I went to see them and I did have to wear a mask because everything in the ICU room was sterile because their immune system was like shot. So they were taking yeah, all precautions they, yeah. and everything. So I was like in a gown scrubbed and, you know, face mask and everything. But that was, I mean, that was a long time ago. I mean, we're talking like late nineties that I can understand, you know, that's a severely immunocompromised person. And if they catch anything after a procedure like that, they're done. So, I, I mean, that I could, I could understand, but it was a, it was a closed controlled environment. Yeah, I can understand because they're, they're taking drugs specifically to suppress the immune system so that the, the transplant goes uh, through. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I've, I, I can't remember a time that this was, this was a thing ever. And, and and now we're supposed to like believe the experts when all the data shows that the experts are full of crap. But, yeah. Uh-huh. Again. What, what, what's the benign reason for this? You're going to start another conversation between the meeting of the minds on the English side. You know that, right? Yes. Yes. Um, we are right, going to have yeah. to go. Yeah, we are going to have to go. Do you have anything else? <sighs> you know, again, government's bad. I mean, we just talked about how government's been in the way for everything we've done. And the people uh, behind them. It, and the people behind them. But again, government's bad. You wouldn't have the problem with uh, the Rockefellers and all of them if it wasn't for government passing policies and regulations and whatnot that empower them to protect them. And then you wouldn't have all these pandemic nonsense and injecting people with things that's going to kill them potentially and has killed people uh, if it wasn't for the government. You wouldn't have the economy the way it is if it wasn't for the government. So, you know, again, government's bad. Or an energy crisis. You forgot the energy crisis. You wouldn't have that. Oh, that's that that's the true. Case. The energy yeah. crisis. Yeah. You know, I was I was actually in just on that point. I was actually saying to you in prep when they were coming out declaring the 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 energy crisis, emergency, whatever in the European Union, and they walked out the back door. I thought, do you know what would solve that energy crisis? Leave. <laughs> just like seriously, I mean, it's that simple. Just leave, and that crisis would be over. All of these crises that we're dealing with, you know, the the food problem, the economy, and all that stuff, just leave, and all of that would solve itself. We we could manage. I'm I assure you, we yeah. can manage. Every every shortage that we have nowadays, every uh, both food product, whatever it is, manufacturing, any of that, all of that is caused by government. All those shortages are government. We are going to have to leave it there. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce, thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.